Welcome to the Get Down with Herbie Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Herbie Brown. Family, welcome. Welcome back. Another great show today. I'm Hurley Brown with Kelvin Harris, and we are coming to you live from Merritt Island, Florida, home of the Mighty Mustangs. Kelvin, it's a day after MLK Day, and everybody, well, we lived through it. I mean, we got through it, and everybody's holding strong. Everybody yeah, except for the doggone the Rockets and the Clippers. Oh. Yeah, you see that last night, man, they had to separate them. The police had to come in and separate them from the locker room. Now, here you are on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. let it go, man. He needs to let that go because that's just, that's not healthy. No, it's not. It's not. You know, I'm telling you, man, on the day of the, the one of the greatest Americans ever, on his holiday, we go well, out well, there. More importantly, Hurley, he is the president of the NBA Players Association. This so what true. kind of example is he setting? This is true. Exactly. So they go out of their locker room after the game. Now, they just made a whole lot of money for the game. They leave their locker room, go down to the Clippers locker room to start an altercation. I'm talking multimillionaires. These are fathers. These are sons. These are uh, role models. What, 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 are we, what are we getting to, man? This well, first of all, first of all, we know that basketball players don't really fight. So I don't know what was going on there because, you know, they probably weren't going to do any swinging. And then, you know, from I was watching Stephen A. Smith in the most first pick this morning, and basically it boils down to he doesn't quite respect uh, uh, Doc Rivers' son, and apparently Doc Rivers' son was talking trash to him during the game as they was getting beat. So he didn't take too kindly to that, so he wanted to go show Doc Rivers' son who the boss was. So, so Chris, this, this is, is how you show him who the boss is. Yeah. You point to, first of all, you do what you do. You play your game. And then you yeah, pull out yeah. your checkbook. Pull out oh. your check. No, don't even pull out your checkbook. Big surf. Hey, family, we are just joined by one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play at the University of Miami. Arguably one of the greatest to ever play in the National Football Football League. One of the top the two NFL. tackles ever at UM. Huh? One of the top two tackles. Him and Brian McKinney, nobody else. Wow. Wow. Leon Cersei. Cersei. Big Cersei. Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Welcome back hey, to the Get on, Down bro? with Hurley Brown. You got it, man. We just sitting here talking. You know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to get my, my monologue going and kill me, keep interrupting me. But that's cool. I mean, hey, we're gonna continue to talk, but that's what we do. We get down <laughs> on the get down. But here we are, big search. Martin Luther King's birth well, not his birthday, but the actual holiday. And the Clippers and the Rockers out there fighting. I'm just sitting here saying, you got the guy, these guys are making millions of dollars, and they're supposed to be role models, set an example. And they going into the locker room on the on the day that like I said, one of the, the greatest American ever, you know, alive. But he preached nonviolence. And here we are trying to get by. We're talking about basketball players. No, we ain't talking about on the gridiron. We're talking about basketball players. They don't get mad during the game and want to fight. They wait until after the game and then want to leave their locker room and go into the other team's locker room to have an altercation. Really? Come on, Chris. You're better than that. Well, you know, that, 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 that's, that's crazy. But, you know, really, I mean, that, that also translates to the basketball court as well. If you, if you look at most of the – you have Marlon 
streets or lanes or whatever, they, they tend to be the most dangerous streets or lanes in the city. So, I mean, um, apart from yeah. whatever, what the great thing that Martin Luther King did, I mean, as a society, within our own communities, we make Martin Luther King Street or Lane or Avenue one of the most dangerous and deadly uh, of streets in our community. So, I mean, I mean, what they did in fighting is very disrespectful on, on Dr. Martin Luther's birthday, but as a whole, as a society, especially within our community, we've got to do a better job representing that he set for all of us, not just black, but mankind. I mean, um, we need to clean up uh, not only uh, the, the mess that they did on the court, but as a community, we need to clean up that as well. Well, fam, I'll tell you what, this monologue has turned into a civil rights movement, which, hey, look, bro, and, and as a matter of fact, Leon Cersei, I don't know if the people really truly understand who you are and why you feel the way that you do as far as your background. And again, my heart goes out to you, uh, my deep yeah, sympathy and losing your father, um, family really of Leon Cersei's dad passed, you know, just recently. But um, Leon's yeah. dad was a member of one of the, the biggest civil rights movements in the history of, of America. Am I right, sir? Well, well, yeah, well, well my dad, did, you know, he was, he was born in a little town called Manchester, Georgia. Uh, you know, very segregated town as my father was. He grew up as a teenager and as a young adult. Uh, he started off as a Black Panther, and then he, he kind of moved away from that and, and um, kind of moved towards social justice. He did a lot of things in his little, in the small town of Manchester. He, he integrated the pools, because, you know, back in those days, you know, they had the white pool and the black pool, and essentially the black pool was uh, was inhabitable for the most part, and he uh, integrated the pools in Manchester, and he also integrated the movie theaters. What they used to do back in the day is, a lot of people don't know this, when a big movie would come out, the white people would see it first, and the black people would have to wait like a week or two yeah. until the white people. So my dad, that, what happened was one of the... The movie that came on was uh, in the heat of the night, you know, back in those days, you know, Sidney Poitier was a very huge actor, entertainer, and, you know, was um, adored by black people, and my father was a fan of his, and he didn't see any reason why he had to wait to see the movie, you know, while whites were able to watch the movie, and so he went in there in the movie theater and actually got arrested. He got popcorn thrown on him, soda thrown on him, had all kind of you know, nasty oh. things said to him, and he was ultimately arrested for integrating uh, the movie theater. And my mom as well. My mom in Manchester, Georgia, was the first black school teacher in an all-white school. So, wow. I mean, uh, wow. my background with my family is, uh, you know, is knee deep. So, uh, <laughs> so me growing up, you know, um, I had I had two parents that I loved and were proud of, and just unfortunately, my father, who was my hero, passed away. Uh, um, How old was he? His birthday. Uh, he he was seventy three. Uh, his birthday oh, would be man. would have been, he would have been seventy four this Saturday, this Thursday. I'll be done. Damn. Well, man, like I said, my heart goes out to you, bro. And, and I had a chance to meet Mr. Cersei on a few occasions, be around him, hung out with him a couple of times, and I mean, I, he was just an amazing man. I didn't know the entire history, but I did know that he was very important to what we're doing every day. So in the yeah, famous words of Rodney King, man, can we all just get along? Whew. Well, I tell you. But hey, but search, man, welcome to the show. Now, there were some great games yep. this weekend. Outside of basketball, you know, I mean, we love to play the game, but we're not basketball players. We're football players. And what we do, we get down with football. So. Absolutely. Now, 
there, there were some great games this weekend, some exciting games this weekend, but but some of this stuff, man, just I, I don't know. I don't know some of the calls. I don't. I question some of the things that went on. You know, some well, of the calls. Right the, let's go right to the one play because that's the position you played. I need you to. No, I don't want to get to that one yet, man. We got. Come on now. We can't just get away. You can't get away with the baby jet. You know? Let's 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 slow down with this here thing. Let's start off. We're gonna start off with the Eagles and the Falcons. Ooh. All right. So hey, look, and again, I'm, I'm I'm questioning some of the things that went on. We're talking about this is our. These are supposed to be the best of the best, best football players, best coaches, bar none. The absolute greatest. And that's how we see the NFL. Professionals. A lot of money being thrown around. Hey, man, it's, it's a... These are supposed to... And again, these are supposed to be the absolute, the best of the best. Best football players, best best athletes, and then... Well, well, her, her, well my assessment of the uh, Philadelphia Falcon game was... Uh, Philadelphia's game plan was totally threw me off, threw me for a loop because they definitely uh, did not want Nick Foles to win nor lose the game for him. They ran the ball, they pounded the ball, and they took away Atlanta's um, Atlanta's uh, keynote to that team is their defense and their ability to get after the pass rusher. And I think that the offensive line up front, the Eagles' offensive line, you know, they really got after Atlanta. And Atlanta, they exposed Atlanta. To be quite honest with you, I didn't, I did not anticipate. Um, Ajayi and uh, Blunt running the ball that effectively in that game because Atlanta was taken for a loop because uh, I think Atlanta even actually stacked the box because they you know Nick Foles they put it they wanted to put it in Nick Foles' hand but that that running game the offensive line that too tight that fullback they really got the Atlanta's all defense and um, pretty much controlled the game from start to finish. Now it was a it was an opportunity late. Atlanta had a chance and I was a little bit surprised that. Um, that Shaman, the receiver, did not come up with that touchdown because it looked like it went through his hands. And usually that he catches that kind of ball. That was a game-winning touchdown that he essentially dropped and went through his hands. What was the receiver's name? I can't remember. Uh, Julio Jones. What's the, the, the Julio Jones. Julio yeah. Jones. Yeah, now, yeah, Julio Jones. Now, that, that I mean, usually with him playing in the game, usually you throw him a jump ball and he goes get it, especially with the game on the line. And if you see it on the replay, it seems like that ball went through his hands and he had a chance at it. Yeah. So. It was fourth down. It was a game-winning touchdown, and he ultimately let it slip through his hands. And that, that was kind of what uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons seasons kind of went. They kind of went and let it slip through the hands. I mean, a team that just two years ago was the number one seed going into the playoffs, and then, then they they had to they had to scratch their way in the playoffs at the sixth seed, and they still had the opportunity to win at the end. But uh, uh, it was a, it was a very it was a very interesting game. It threw me for a loop, but I could understand the game plan going into the game. They were not want they did not want Nick Foles to win the game nor lose the game for him. So that's why they ran the ball so much. No, and, and again, I mean, if, if I'm a defensive coordinator going against Nick Foles, I'm saying, hey, look, I'm going to force Nick Foles to beat me, and if Nick can beat me, then hey, you're the better team. I'm not going to allow a Jai in your run game to beat me. But I tell you what, that offensive line. The Eagles' offensive line, what they did this past weekend, oh, man, they, they get the game ball. That entire offensive line, they won that game. Yeah. If you notice, nah. Nick Falls didn't throw the ball any further than 10 yards down the field either, which is – that's the, I'm with Leon. I'm perplexed. How does he not throw the ball 20 yards down the field the whole game and they win? Again, when your offensive line and Big Surge, both of y'all are offensive line, when your offensive well, line is dominating the line of scrimmage like that, 
Nah. That's the other thing. Hurley, I mean, Leon, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I thought Lane Johnson was good. They lost Jason Peters. I thought their guards were okay, but the way they played, they was Larry Allen. I mean, yeah, but what they did, it looked like they, they took the heart out of Atlanta's defensive line. Vic Beasley was unheard of. We didn't hear nothing from Vic Beasley all night long. Well, well, it wasn't necessarily the DNs that I was I'm confused about. Is that the defensive tackles, I thought, were a lot better than the offensive guards for, for the Eagles. And they didn't show up at all. Yeah, well, like I said, but that offensive line from from Philadelphia, and again, hey, look, I had my my choice was the Atlanta Falcons. I thought Atlanta because of the experience, because of their defense, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. I thought they walk in the stadium, you know, handle the business, and walk on out of the stadium. But the Philadelphia had something in store for them. They had a different plan for them. Well, yeah, yeah, and also you you have to also you have to also weigh in the factor that the the. You know, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta's used to playing in that dome and playing on that turf, that field turf, and getting after people, especially with the pass rush, with that noise, having to do silent count. They really make a lot of offensive lines unaffected. I think that the weather and the grass was kind of the neutralizer in the game because I was surprised that those guards uh, for um, Philadelphia and center were, were as effective as, as they were with that one and three check and get into the Mike linebacker because I was watching right. it because I, I thought right. it was going to definitely be a mismatch. Exactly. Hold on to that thought real quick and we got to take a break. <clears throat> and, and family, when we get back, we're going to talk about, we're going to finish, uh, continue to talk about this game. But I want to finish that little segment there with my thoughts right there at the very end of that game. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're diving into planning your 2018 outdoor adventures. Find out about prime DIY hunting opportunities across the country. Get the how-tos of applying for tags and listen for advice from the pros who hunt full-time. Joining us is Kevin Steele, host of Peterson's Hunting Adventures, Jeremy Millette with Silencer Shop, Mrs. Bunny, and more. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
This is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we are back. You are here. You are listening to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host, Hurley Brown. My co-host, Kelvin Harris, and all pro all pro bowler, you know, offensive tackle. I mean, he's got so many different doggone things. We can we can you, call him and say Hall about him. Hall of Famer, Leon Searcy, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, the man, the myth, the legend, Leon Searcy. Played, got, draft, <laughs> got drafted first round by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then he signed a multi-million dollar contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, Leon, welcome. And we were actually talking about the Eagles and the Falcons. Now, Big Surge, now, you played in the league for a long time. Now, we've always talked about the game is won in the trenches, and we just talked about how the Eagles manhandled Atlanta's defensive line. The Eagles' offensive line just manhandled Atlanta's defensive line. With all that being said, at the end of the game, final drive of the game, for the Atlanta Falcons. They get the ball down inside the 10-yard line. Only a couple of minutes left. First down. Now, I'm sitting up in Daytona. I'm watching the game with a couple of friends of mine. We actually coached in the Tropical Bowl, the 2018 Tropical Bowl. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And we're watching the game, and Coach Willie Sneed, who was the offensive coordinator for the Tropical Bowl, you know, played for the University of Florida, played National Football League, won a couple of state titles as a high school head football coach. His son plays for the, the New Orleans Saints. We're sitting there and we're going back and forth. You know how we are. We're going we call in the game. So we asked him, Hurley, what do you do right now? I said, man, I'll tell you what. Very first play, first down, I take a shot with Julio Jones. Sure enough, they take a shot. Come back second down, it's incomplete. Took a shot in the end zone with Julio Jones, incomplete pass. Come back second down. I said, Hurley, what do you do now? I pound it. I got three downs right now. I'm on the seven-yard line. I'm going to pound it. I'm going to make Philadelphia's defensive line stop me. They come back, second down. They throw another pass. Everybody's covered. Matt Ryan, has he throws an under, underhanded pass to the running back. The running back bobbles the ball. It's incomplete. Now it's third down. You have no choice but to throw the throw. I mean, come on, sirs. Really? Well, well, I tell you what, I had a, I had the same situation I was in actually when I was with the Steelers and we were playing the San Diego Chargers in the AFC Championship game. We went into the game, the number one rushing offense in the league, and then going into the game, we had four downs at the four yard line. Play, we run a draw. The last three, play, the last, next two plays, we throw a pass. Now we get, we're at the two yard line, and when you remember that with the number an offensive line always wants the ball. You always want the game in their hand, believe it or not, to be the win. We be the reason why they win the game. Right. So when we when the quarterback runs in the huddle, runs in the huddle, and says uh, the, he calls the play, and I'm sure I'm thinking it's going to be a run for sure. And he says 74 sticks. I never forget it to this day. It was 74 sticks. We throw a pass. We throw a pass to uh, Barry Barry Foster, Junior Sales jumps over the top over, knocks the ball game down, and that was our opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So I I know the feeling. I know the hurtful feeling being that close near the goal line and throwing a whole bunch of passes. We threw three passes. We ran one draw. 
And if you're at the three to four yard line, you got to pound the rock. You got to the offensive line and the running back have got to be the reason why you lose the game and not the receiver. I mean, because right. anything, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, Julio Jones is an all-pro, stellar, one of the best two receivers in the NFL, and you want to get the ball in his hands. I just think that coordinator, was, you know, he was pressing. I think his play calling in the red zone was horrific the whole game, and I think yeah. he pressed on that last play, and uh, it was slipped through the hands. Like I said, that ball slipping through Julio Jones' hands has been the whole, has been the Atlanta Falcons season all year. That's the reason why they eked in the playoffs in the first place, but with all that said, you know, still had a chance to win the game, which is crazy. Yeah, but you, you got you got Devontae Freeman, well, let me, let me, and then you got that other big running back. The other kid's a big back, a big powerful back. So you, so again, yeah, but but dude, so you and again, sir, to me, and there's some other situations we'll get into these other games as we go. But to me, it seems like these guys are trying to reinvent the wheel. No, they're trying to be gurus. That's what it is. Everybody well, wants to be the next. Offensive yeah. instead of I mean, keeping come the on, man. Let me ask you both. A, let me ask you both a question. Why didn't they just okay in one of those plays? Let's say first down. Why not run the ball like Leon said, and then come back on second down and go play action pass or something to the tight end through through the uh, through the middle of the, uh, of the field? And if, if that's not open, you got Julio Jones on the edge because if you throw it to the tight end, they got to cover that. That's gonna leave Julio Jones wide open one on one. So you got two options there, but the play action fake is going to draw the linebackers up, you know. And then on third down, push comes to shove, you go back to Julio Jones in a three by one, leaving him by himself, making them make a choice: do I double cover Julio and leave the other side open? But like Leon said, the dude's play calling was questionable the whole game. It was suspect the whole game. Hey, family, we have, we have just gotten a phone call from one of the best wide receivers, the one of the highest recruited players in the state of Florida. Antoine Green, wide receiver from Rockledge High School. Antoine, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Coach. How you doing? Man, I'm doing fabulous, especially now that you done joined the get down with Hurley Brown. Hey, man. <laughs> now, now we, we go way back. Now, I grew up with your mom, okay? And when you were, when, when you came to the camp down at the University of Miami, were you going into the ninth grade or the tenth? I was going into the ninth grade. Going into the ninth grade. So I recognized your talent and skill level way back then. Great. Wow. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, Antoine, you're on the phone with um, Leon Searcy, all-pro offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars, Hall of Fame offensive lineman from the University of Miami, the Hurricanes, and all-conference, all-state all Big East offensive lineman Kelvin Harris. You know, we all played at the University of Miami, man, but we're, um, we, we love the state of Florida's athletes, football players, and we've all gone through the recruiting process. I understand you were just meeting with some coaches a few minutes ago. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Now, just tell us, just tell the family, what all offers do you have so far? What offers? Yeah, offers. Who's, who's offered you so far? Right, got, I know you got fam, you and Methuen and all that, but yeah. you're a big time ball right, player. So we I got power five. Six. You want me to go through all of them? No, just give yeah, just give us the top, maybe the top five. Okay, top five. Yep. All right, you got Florida State, hmm? Tennessee, 
North Carolina, Ohio State, and Georgia. And now I'm talking to Ole Miss as well. Okay. Ohio State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Georgia, UNC, Florida State, North Carolina. So what happened to Florida? You got an offer from Florida. Yes, sir. Okay. And... I'm not even going to bring up the Kings, but forget that. Anyway, I'm so. I'm going to bring up the Kings. What happened to Miami? <laughs> yeah, you bring it up. Miami so. What happened when? What happened, what happened Miami? to Miami? Is my... Oh, well, I mean, after I committed, it just, I don't know, it fell off. So that's right. You were committed to Florida State at one time. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. okay. So are you still what? committed to Florida State now? No, sir. I decommitted uh, a while back. A while back, okay. yeah. So when Jimbo Fisher left and went to Texas A&M, then they didn't have a coach. You decommitted and opened up your recruiting, right? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Well, Antoine, I had a chance. Hey, big search. You got to go watch this cat play basketball, too. Phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. Six. How much you weighing, Antoine? 195. 195. Oh, wow. Nah. I killed him. He I ran 10-8. Sir? Five pounds. He runs 10-800 meters. As soon as he ran that 10-8, Ohio State offer. Now, Ohio State was the first big offer you had, right? Um, I'd say... Um, yeah, they were one of the first ones. They were one of the first ones. Okay, one of the first ones. So, again, 6'3", 195 pounds, runs a 10-800 meters, and, dude, I'm telling you, his upside is tremendous. You know, like I said, we just watched Julio Jones, Ted Ginn, and all these guys. This guy's going to be one of those types of guys. Playing for Rockledge High School, basketball player. I like the dunk you had the other night, too, in the, in the tournament. Right, thank you, Coach. Yeah, you big time. But again, so what? Um, so who was, who was at your school today to see you? I spoke to Ohio State today, and Tennessee will be coming through. Okay, okay. So the Ohio State coaches were over there to see you today? Yes, sir. Tennessee coming in tonight to do a home visit? Well, they're actually popping up to the game. Oh, okay. Okay, that's right. Y'all got a game tonight. What you going to hit by, by 20 tonight? A couple of three-pointers, a couple of dunks? We'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Man, I might have to come over there and watch that game, bro. Hey, right, so how many visits have you taken, Antoine? I've taken two so far. And where have you gone so far? I've been uh, North Carolina and Florida State. All right. So you went to North Carolina this past weekend? Sir? No, I was asking, is Florida State still recruiting you hard? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Well, that's the enemy. But we ain't we, hey, we, we ain't going to blame you now if you go to Florida State. But that is the enemy. I got you. Yeah. If hey, you go how's State, it we just going to boo you on the, when you come to our stadium, that's all. Hey, I ain't yeah. going to never boo you. <laughs> They'll boo you with your family. I always got you back, my brother. You better be going to Florida. That, that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so how was the trip this past weekend in North Carolina? It went pretty smooth. It was pretty nice out there, too. Okay. Now, what? Um, I saw your mom post a bunch of pictures. You, it was you, your mom, and your dad? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Now, what was one of the things, and just real quick, what was one of the things that really intrigued you about North Carolina? Oh, well, I have to say, like, 
just looking like looking at their offense and stuff. I know where I fit in. And okay. then on top of that, they're, the coaches there are amazing. You know, Coach Brewer, he done coached some of the best. He done right. coached Randy Moss, Des Bryant, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. And Coach Fedora is a pretty good dude, then. Oh, yes, sir, he is. Okay. Hey, well, Antoine, hey, could you hold on for just a second? We're going to take a break when we come back. We ain't going to keep right. you much longer, but we're going to take about a, a, a two-minute break, and we're going to come back, and we'll finish this, this part of the um, of this segment up, and then we'll let you go get ready for your basketball game. But, family, All we're right. on the we're, – hey, we're online right now with, again, arguably one of the best – best wide receivers, recruits in the state of Florida, Antoine Green. But we got to take a break. We'll take a break and we'll come right back and finish up the interview with Antoine Green. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we are back. You're listening to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host, Hurley Brown. I'm my co-host, Kelvin Harris. And my main man, all-pro offensive lineman, Leon Animal Cersei, Hall of Famer. And we also have Antoine Green, one of the top high school prospects in the country. Antoine. So we, we just talked about, you know, North Carolina. You went to Florida State. And so you got actually three more visits left, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, and you have... The schools that you know you're pretty much looking at are Georgia, Ole Miss, and Ohio State. Correct. 
Right. Now, did you watch the um, national championship game with Georgia? Yes, sir. You saw where you could fit in at? What's it, sir? You saw where you could fit in, how you could help impact that team. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. So what? tell me, what, what are you looking for in the college? What am I looking for? Yeah. What's going to help you make your decision? Uh, well, of course, the education behind the school and then just, like I said, being able to fit in the offense and do work because I want to go to the league. Okay. Well, Big Surge, you went through this. Kelvin, any advice yeah. that y'all can give Antoine right now before he makes that decision on whether he's going to spend the next four or five years of his life? Well, I'm just, I think the best is, I'm just, go ahead, Kelvin. Go ahead, Leon. Well, I, just I, I think the best. Of all, what? Go ahead, sir. You see what I got to deal with, Antoine? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, sir. You start it off. Hey, listen. I, I think the, the best. What's going to uh, to make the best decision about uh, the team you uh, school you're going to? I try to tell cats. I tell cats. I try to tell cats. Don't even, don't even worry about the NFL perspective. I mean, the NFL ain't going nowhere. Uh, it's going. It's, it's recession proof. It's been around for over 70, 80 years. It's going to always make money. You want to make money if you're good, you're talented. They will find. You. So just, right. I, I just tell kids pick the school, pick the institution that um, that you feel that you're going to get the best education from because uh, uh, that's important. And, um, and and have fun. I mean, the college experience. I know when I was at Miami ball. And the one thing I, I wanted to be more than anything is the best game possible. I didn't worry about the NFL until my senior year. It was going to happen anyway. But I, I just enjoyed the experience of being a Miami Hurricane. I just advise you that wherever you choose, make sure that you enjoy that experience, enjoy the college life. And then when it's time, the NFL will be there. It's not going anywhere. And if you're good, they'll find you your play. Yes, sir? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to say this. First of all, take all your visits so that you can see – uh, all the schools and what they have to offer. And then secondly, right. whichever school you pick, pick the school for the coach. There's a lot of moving around. So whatever school you pick, be comfortable with the school and the players at the school. Two things that can't change. School ain't going nowhere, and most of the players aren't going to go anywhere. So if you bother with guys on the team, and all your choices, those guys get looked anyway. So what you need to do is, like Leon said, all your schools are good as far as your higher learning. So you just pick, you just pick the school that's going to give you the best education and that you get along with your teammates the most. Hey, well, hey, Calvin, if that's the case, I shouldn't have come to Miami because I couldn't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tell you. Hey, hey, as a matter of fact, a, a whole lot of players couldn't stand old Calvin. As a matter of fact, Maurice Drum was talking about him this past weekend. But Antoine, again, man, you like family tours. You know, I, I'm so grateful and I appreciate you so much for calling in and being the young man that you are. From what I understand, you're a great student in the classroom. You do a great job. You're a qualifier. And then, I mean, hey, man, you, you're, you're just a great all-around person, real quiet, no character issues. And I can't thank you enough for being who you are, representing Clark County, represent Central Florida and ultimately the state of Florida. And whatever choice you do make, understand this, you will not make a bad decision. 
You're going all five of these schools are great schools. They're great schools. You're going to have an opportunity to play some great college football. And because of the type of person that you are, because of the work ethic that your mother has instilled in you over the years, you're going to graduate. The only thing that I'm going to ask you to do is make sure that you graduate with a meaningful degree. And wherever you go, make sure that they have internships and they have a plan for you in the event that you don't make it to the National Football League. Because remember, the National Football League, that's the icing on the cake. That we're well, not even ice. That's the cherry. That's like double fudge chocolate with whipped cream and cherries on the top. So, right. again, man, I've watched you over the years, and and I I can't I, I can't express to you just how amazed I am at the young man that you are. So continue to do what you do, my brother. And like they said, take all five of your visits, take these three visits, and join because you're only a high school senior once. All right? So yes, sir. do that, my brother. Give your mom a big hug and a kiss for me, and I want you to go out there and score 20 tonight now. Two dunks, all right, I got you. Couple, couple of three-pointers, and do what you do best, my brother, and that's being a great young man and one of the greatest athletes in the state of Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah, All right, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Everything you got. Hey, and tell Jay Sean, we wish him the best of luck as well. And Coach Younger for doing a great job over there. Man, I'm proud of what y'all doing over there at Rockledge. So keep doing what you're doing, my brother. And I'll, I'll be in touch. All right. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. You got it, bro. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Hey, we're going to see that dude playing on Sundays one day, bro. I promise you. 631 Six three one ninety five and Kelvin. He hasn't really been. He hasn't had a full time wide receivers coach yet. Wow. Yeah, and a phenomenal athlete. Phenomenal athlete. So, but before we got that phone call, we were we were still talking about the Eagles and the Falcons, and we were talking about that the last drive of the game. Now, Julio Jones again. Yeah, he dropped the ball. The ball was, but he was out of bounds anyway. But by, I thought I, I honestly do believe, and I think that you know, like Kelvin was saying, these gurus, guys are trying to, you know, be the next. You know, they're trying to outthink themselves. Okay, but the one team that does it the way that it's supposed to be done, and they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. I don't see it. Fact, yeah, you know, we know exactly what I'm talking about. The New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots. Man, they get after. It. And one of his philosophies, one of his his biggest thing, well, the, the biggest thing is do your job. Yeah. Well, big sirs, I might make you happy what I'm about to say, but I'm going with the Jaguars. I'm going with the yeah, Jaguars. Are, listen, the Jaguars are constructed to be Tom Brady. Believe that or not. I'm in yes, Jacksonville right now, and the city is buzzing. They're in the AFC Championship game. Again, it's been over, it's almost close to 20 years. Last time there was an NC championship game, I was here in 2000 when we played the Titans. Uh, oh, man. Actually, and actually, I was a Jaguar when we played the New England Patriots in 1996 in the AFC championship game. But this is a whole new, a whole nother beast. I think the reason why this team is constructed and beat the Patriots is because to the Tom Brady's only big time losses in the Super Bowl are against the under Giants. Tom Cole. Against the Giants. And what was the strategy behind the Giants when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl those two times? Rush for a play rush. man. 
Yep. Pass rush and play man man coverage. Because you play zone, Tom Brady will eat you alive if you play his own defense against him to give him time to throw the ball. But if you can push the two middle, the key to, the, the key to it is that the middle, the one and the three technique. If they can get pushed in the middle, have those have those ends come around and disrupt Tom Brady and make sure that he's not comfortable in the pocket, that's how you that's how you get Tom Brady. And now all our defense is constructed just like that. We got two bona fide coaches. Jalen Ramsey, although he went to Florida State, he is a beast. He is a, a little I seen him play. He's a baller. Khalil Campbell yeah, is what else what else can you say he's about AFC defensive, defensive player, of player of the year? He's a defensive player yeah. of the year. Yeah, I, mean, I, I first feel that way. Yeah. And you're right. Well, I, I'm, I'm picking Go ahead. Those two corners they got I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you who the who the, the most important player on y'all defense is this game. And I think he's gonna be the big difference. Miles Jack. Who's that? Miles Jack, the outside linebacker. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. Miles Jack is constructed to stop Rob Gurkowski. He is the one guy on that defense mm. that you can line him up with Rob Gurkowski and he can go tip for cat man for man with him. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean and hey, if you need so- to, you can put Jalen Ramsey on the inside on him on third down. So I'm with you, Leon. That's why I'm going with the Jaguars. I don't think Tom Brady will be able to to do it this time. Hey man, what I you tell you what, y- y'all y'all said a mouthful now, but search. So it's very safe to say when Tom Coughlin is sitting there and he's talking with his general manager, his scouts, what he's evaluating for, what he's what he's scouting for, are guys that can beat the New England Patriots. I mean, that's how he built his team. And like you say, the team is built on on beating the New England Patriots. If you can't beat New England, Absolutely. I don't need you on my team. And that's what he's doing. I mean, he's got the two best corners, two of the best corners in the National Football League. And when you brought in Calais Campbell, not only did you bring in a beast. I mean, Calais is a straight monster. I'll, I'll never forget the first time I saw Calais play. It was we were actually playing against him when we were at FIU, and I'm sitting on the visitors' sideline on the bench. And they had that big old the blow-up helmet, and I'm again, I'm sitting down, so my the angle of my view is a little different, but Calais walks out of the locker room up underneath that dog on helmet, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm dude, he hey, had Hurley, to, hey, listen, to I get was, up underneath hey, listen, the helmet. I was there, too. I was, hey, yeah. Hurley, I remember, remember that? Field and watching him walk on the field, and I said there's no offensive lineman we got on this team <laughs> that should be able to line up against him. Exactly. I, just, I, I, I ain't know. He looked like a Greek god walking across that field, all six, seven of them. Yes. Well, I ain't but he, with you. I, he I has to him at the FSU game two years ago when we played FSU at home. And however he looked in college, I can tell you right now, he's a grown, grown ass man now. Oh, he's yeah. not yeah. six, seven. Yeah. He's about six, eight and a half, every bit of 320. And he is. I and nobody. Just like, Brings not only the athleticism, the size, he brings experience, but he and the drive to win. As well, fourteen and a half sacks this year. Um, oh, yeah. That's almost one step. Like, not quite. No, he's, but he's a close. beast. He's a beast. And again, like you say, yeah. man. But I don't know about them beating New England. I think they got a great team. But I, I'm a hey, my if, my hat if, goes if off Blake, to New England. I'm, I'm picking New England I, I, to if Blake Bortles doesn't turn if the ball Blake over Bortles, and Leonard Fournette runs good, they're going to beat the Patriots. It's gonna that's going to be the key. 
Hey, let's take a break yeah. real quick, and we'll come back, and we're going to finish up talking about the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars. As a matter of fact, Atlanta Fournette, I understand that you were in a car accident today. Hey, look, man, you need to get, you need to buy you a driver for the next two weeks, three weeks. Don't you get behind the wheel of nobody's car. You get your driver. <laughs> you never know. But anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be back with Get Down with Hurley Brown in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we are back. And you are listening to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host, Hurley Brown. I got my co-host here, Kevin Harris and all-pro offensive lineman, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Leon Searcy. Now, again, we're talking about the Jags are, are set up to beat New England. Now, I, I, I got I'm going with New England. I just think that, you know, again, I don't know if the Jags have enough experience to beat New England. I think they got the athletes to do it. They got the athletes to do it. And I'll never forget when the Giants beat New England, it was because they had better athletes and they manned them up. They took away um, the slot guys and that option route with Antrell Roll and the other safeties, and it was a, it was a wash. It was over. Well, I think I think this team is designed, like Leon said, designed to beat them. Because if you look at what the Patriots do on offense, they run a lot of clear out routes with Rob Gronkowski on the same side as as, as the uh, the underneath guy, which usually was Edelman, but now it's uh, Amendola. So. You got Gronkowski running the clear-out route, and they're trying to beat you with them underneath routes. Well, Jacksonville got all kind of guys that can, can cover all of that. Um, we didn't even talk about Telvin Smith, who had like 15 tackles. Um, right. Let me ask you a question. 
you think Kevin Smith can cover Gronkowski uh, as well? Someone, someone's gonna have to cover. I mean, uh, the way he, I mean, I saw the, how he played last week. I mean, he sideline the sideline. If anybody can cover him, I think he can cover him. He's, they're gonna definitely have to lead him in on those third down situations. I think the Jaguars are strong enough defensively in the in the in the linebacker corner there where they could just go, go man and, and leave Calvin Smith on Gronkowski. I don't think you have to double cover. I think we got enough youth and speed to, to run with them. The key to the game is going to be like you said is. Um, you got you got to cover Gronkowski. You got you got to make Tom Brady uncomfortable in the pocket. You got to get some hits on him. You ain't got to necessarily be sacks. You just got to get hits on him. You got to stop that underneath stuff. It's got to be tackles. They got to be sure tackles. A lot of that stuff with the New England Patriots when they run a lot of those underneath routes or those slants you know, and and and, and um. Uh, and that is the is the run after the catch. The Jacksonville right. got to do an outstanding job tackling the whole game to make sure. Uh, that they don't get any yards after the catch. And then also Blake Bortles. If Blake Bortles plays the way he played against Pittsburgh, they should win that game because they pounded the ball. They had, you know, um, uh, Yeldon pounded the ball, Florette pounded the ball, offensive line played well, protected them off the end. And, and Bortles was in a situa- situation where they had a comfortable lead, so he wasn't pressing. I mean, I think that if they get down a little bit behind the Patriots and he starts to press, that's when those turnovers happen. But if we can get a comfortable lead against the Patriots like we did against the Steelers, I think Blake Boilers will play well. Okay, so let's talk about when, when Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. All right, so we got New England and got them out of the way. All right, now, because again, Bortles didn't have a great day against, I mean, he threw for 214 yards. He was 14 of 26. He was a and he was, he was efficient. All right. Mm-hmm. Fournette ran the ball 25 times for 109 yards. 109 yards, yeah. But Ben had 462 passing yards. Antonio wow. Brown had had 132 of them. Le'Veon Bell had 67 yards rushing, and he had 88 yards receiving. So he accounted for over 150 yards, 140, yeah, 150 yards of total offense. And, and again, it, it, got, it came down to that last drive. Because, again, Jacksonville did Now, Jacksonville's defense, again, everybody's talking about how good the defense was, but you gave up 462 yards passing. You gave up 200-something yards rushing. I mean, dude, you only had 214 yards passing. You only had 100-something yards rushing, but you were able to win the game. Now, yeah. if you go back yeah. to the, the, the last – after the last touchdown, after Pittsburgh's last touchdown, all right, you end up – you got the you're kicking the ball off with two minutes and 17 seconds left to go in the game. You got two timeouts left. You got a two minute clock still, and you're kicking onside kick. Why not kick the ball deep, sirs? Kick the ball deep. Use your two timeouts. Take a chance with your defense. Stop them. Get the, get them to pump the ball. There's now you got almost you got right over two minutes left in the I mean right over a minute and something left in the game. And if you you stop them, you get the ball midfield, and you give Big Ben a chance to go down and score. Yet and still, you kick an onside kick. You call for an onside kick. Your your kicker botches the onside kick. Ball doesn't go ten yards. Jacksonville gets it. Game's over. Yeah, well, I think what that says is Mike Thomas didn't have any faith in his defensive line to stop Leonard Fournette. That's what that says to me. But at that time, again, Jacksonville 
dude, they, to me, it just goes back to the gurus. Everybody wants to outthink themselves. Nobody wants to just say, hey, look, we're going to be boring and we're just going to win the game. I mean, e- even the fourth and one, big search. I mean, come on, man, you're offensive lineman. Fourth and one, and you throw a drop back pass? Well, when everybody in the Todd stadium. Ailey, Todd Ailey may be on the way out in Pittsburgh. Everybody in the stadium sitting there thinking quarterback sneak, quarterback. Big Ben is what, 6'5, 6'6, 250, 260? 6'5, 250, yeah. He can't fall for a first down? I mean, these are the things that, that, that I question when you're watching these games. I mean, that, that, yeah. that just, to me, yeah. That, that, you don't, you're not putting yourself in a position to win the game. Big Sirs, who are you rooting for in this game? Because I know you were torn. I mean, you were a Steeler, you were a Jaguar. Where was your heart at? <clears throat> well, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm in Jacksonville. I did a watch party for the game. So I, I, picked, I actually picked the, the Jaguars to win the game. I, I didn't. I didn't have. A, I didn't have a lot of confidence in the Steelers to get it. I, I've seen the Jaguars play. Uh, I saw how the Jaguars dismantled the Steelers early on in the season, and I thought that a little bit of that was going to happen again. They just don't have any answer for that defense. Now I was a big, big surprise, a bit surprised that they were able to put forty-two points up on the Jaguars. But I'm also surprised that um, the Jaguars were able to put up forty-five points. You got to think of it like this, early. That Pittsburgh Steelers team is not that steel curtain team that we once knew about. They can't stop anybody. All the money that they spend or they're going to spend has been on offense. Big Ben, Antonio Brown. They got to pay uh, Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Uh, I mean, all the money seems to be going offensively. So they've they've geared away from their defense. Pittsburgh used to be known for punishing, get after three, four defense that put pressure on your quarterback. Those days are long gone until they start making more investments on that defensive side of the field. You're always going to have to put up 30, 35, 40 points on teams now. And I, I, I just think that's the direction the Steelers are going. That's the reason why they went for an onside kick with two minutes to go and three timeouts because they didn't think they could, defensively they could stop anybody. Yeah, okay, so we, we, we only got a minute left in, in the deal, all right? We got a minute left in the show. And the elephant in the room is Marcus oh, Williams, oh, the number big 43. And, and again, I mean, we're talking, the game is over. Game is done. Minnesota, the guys over there, they're they thinking about you know, hey, look, when I'm about my ticket to go home, come on, bro. And he goes in there and puts Hurley, his head let me down. Ask you a question. Hurley, you play, you play, you play the, you play the pop one of high school, college, you know, collegiate level. What is pop one on one on one when it comes to tackling? I just want you. Is it? you keep your head up? See, see, and you see, see what you see. What you hit? Dang. Yeah, but what was he aiming at? Oh, I don't know what he was aiming at. And again, I mean, but, but, but to me, I think the issue goes back to, and again, I mean, yes, it was his fault. And number 20, the corner, dude, I mean, he didn't even make a play on the ball because he's thinking that the game's over with. Tackle's going to make a play on. He's going to make this tackle. Game's over. But why not rush three, play a, a two-man type of defense underneath? You're jamming these guys off the line. You got three guys deep. And... You know, keep the ball in front of you and inside. What about cover four? Why not just run cover four? Uh, even cover four, you still, again, you're still rushing four. Hey, look, man, you got all the time. Let, let him throw the ball. Let him throw it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to allow these receivers to run down the field unmolested. Again, to me, that that's, that's, that's coaching 101. Now, don't get me wrong. The kid had an opportunity to make the play. Yes, he did. And he screwed it up. 
And well, I'm curious to know what college did he go to and what big games has he gone to? Now, Carl Banks. Now, I'm, I'm curious to find out what team he's going to play for next year. Yeah, right. I need to but, but here's the deal. I'm gonna say this, and then we gotta go. All right. First of all, the kid has had an amazing season. He's a rookie. He did extremely well this season. All right. Right now, he he's got four interceptions. He had 93 tackles on the season. I mean, the kids had a great rookie season. So I don't know if they get rid of him for that one. But I do think that the Saints fans are gonna give him pure hell. Well, I, need I mean, you got a chance to go to the Super Bowl and die one point shaving. Kill you, sort of negative. And again, in the, in the famous words of, of Rodney Kane, can't we all just get along? But family, that's been our show today. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed you. At my main man, Leon Searcy, my co-host, Kelvin Harris. Want to give a shout out to Coach Robert Pruning, who just got the job at Hampton University. Go Pirates. Hey, and again, we love you. We'll see you next week. Same get down time, same get down channel. Signing off. Get down with Hurley Brown. Thanks for tuning into the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.